Those games were close. This one was not. A dominant effort by the Winnipeg Jets in game number three. Game four, Tuesday night, back in St. Louis. everything welcome back to the two guys no cup podcast we are here it is i've you know i've lost track of everything mm-hmm. it's monday it's tax day oh yeah it's monday the 15th of april we are here don't live. be a wesley snipes don't be him he i didn't pay his taxes for five years does not like the government isn't that weird? You cannot pay for a while and they don't do anything to you? Even if you're famous and owe a lot of money. Yeah, you can just not pay for four to five years. Then, on the sixth year, they are pissed. <laughs> uh, we are here in our studios in Name a Game of Thrones, Poisian. Um, We are at King's Landing. Mm. Do you know that one? No. No? It sounds like a place that King's Land. Yep. Nice. They usually die there. Not to be confused with Kingston, Ontario, where the Kingston probably <laughs> Tie it right back now, y'all. We're all, we ran full circle. We did not record last night, which may be for the better, unless you love our disgusted, furious episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, to be fair, most people do. Uh, the Blues lost to the Winnipeg Jets by a final score of 6-3. to three. Um, not a good game. Not, not good. Not good. Not good. Didn't look good from the drop of the puck. Should we just launch into it? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty to say afterwards. Yeah. So, um, right off the hop, the Blues looked awful. Mm-hmm. They were outshot a lot in the first period. I'll look it up, but suffice to say, it was a lot. I'd say for at least the first 10 minutes of the period, like they got... like 10 to 2 at one point yeah, or something like that. They had to have had like maybe a minute and a half of zone time, of like sustained zone time in the jet zone. You know what I don't like is the is the blue Jets stickers on their helmet that just say Jets, kind of yeah. like the jerseys. That's not a good look. That's not a good third logo, no, which is what they're trying to push. Bad in general, I think. So bad team. Yeah, I would say so. Fold. Worst team in hockey. We were outshot 13-7 to in the first period, and Jordan Bennington single-handedly kept us in at making two unbelievable saves and keeping the Blues in it long enough for David Perron to open the scoring with 48 seconds left in the first period on a power play goal. Assisted by Alex Petrangelo and Jordan Bennington, the legendary mm-hmm. playmaker. Um, you know, I, I don't remember a ton of this goal. For some reason, I keep forgetting to write notes for the first goal. Yeah. Uh, it was just kind of a snipe by yeah. Ron, right? It was just a zone entry. I mean, they walked into the zone. No one poke-checked him at all, and he shot it, and he got it past uh, Hellebuck there. Hella but. suck. It was funny because people were like, our power play's back in action. I was like, okay, they just gained entry to the zone, and he fired it, and yeah, it was on the power play, but it wasn't really like the power play did anything. Mm -mm. I mean, they were down a guy, so they couldn't really take the man, but other than that, 
But it was good to see. It felt nice being up one nothing. Yeah. While being heavily outplayed. And as the period ended, it was not believable in any way. In any way <laughs> that the Blues had the lead. And really, there was one of two ways that could have gone. Either they could have realized how fortunate they were and kicked their asses into gear and taken over the game and taken advantage and and let themselves win it or, you know, forced themselves to victory. Or they could come out just as flat as they were in the first period or maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And which do you think they did? <laughs> I, think, I think they flipped a coin. Craig Brube seems like the type... To flip coins for performances. And it came up tails. What do you think he said between these periods? I don't think he spoke. (laughs) (laughs) I I would believe it. (laughs) I mean, what do you say? You should be angry. Yeah. But at the same time, you have the lead. So you're probably not, like, furiously angry, but you should be furious. I don't know. You're probably (laughs) trying to, like, rally them a little more than yell at them. Like, look, we're lucky to be... Up a whole, you know, up a whole goal after that awful period. But there's still time. There's two periods left. Let's get it in gear. Let's go. We're already ahead by that goal. Let's do it. And they didn't listen. Or that wasn't even said, like you said. Probably stoic silence from Chief. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. He seems like the stoic silent type. And the stoic silent type of Josh Morrissey. Shyness is nice and shyness can stop you from doing all the things in life you'd like to. Helped create a goal, <laughs> um, which was actually scored by the not-so-stoic, not-so-silent type of Kevin Hayes. Oh, I think he is. You think he's very Just stoic random. and very silent? Mm-hmm. That seems fair. Probably. And he finally did something to help out, as he's been terrible this whole time. Uh, but he got his first goal in the playoffs, and uh, Perot and Morrissey assisted. This was a lot like Perron's goal from the first game, by which I mean it was just a shitty long-distance wrister that went off of Petrangelo's stick in front and beat Bennington. There was not a lot to it. Do you have any thoughts on that goal? No, it was just... I hated that it was 1-1 so fast. I mean, five minutes in, I really was hoping we could at least hold on to the lead for half a period. Did we? No, we did not. Indeed. And we didn't hold on to the tie for very long either, <laughs> as Patrick Laine would score his third goal of these playoffs. Uh, Jacob Truba and Brian Little assisted on this one. It was a four-on-four goal. Uh, what were the circumstances that led up to the four-on-four? That was the like the double scrum, right? Mm. Where uh, both whomever... And Shen and Bufflin, I think. Dustin Bufflin and Braden Shen roughing against each other, offsetting minors, but not really offsetting because they both... Happen. Uh, Patrick Wine got the goal. Truba got hit by Sunquist. The puck trickled to Dunn and Little. Little uh, fought off Dunn and chipped it back out to Truba. Line silently glides between Petrangelo and Schwartz. Truba finds him wide open. Uh, perfect feed between those two, although it didn't really need to be perfect. Tr- uh, Line now had the puck just 
unopposed in front of Benny and Spin and and shot it. Craig Berube said, we got lost, it's man on man, and we just got confused and ended up leaving him wide open in front. It's just a breakdown. Indeed, it was just a breakdown, but what a breakdown it was. Do you have anything to <laughs> add on that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's four on four. Gotta You gotta cover your man. I don't know. I think it's Jaden Schwartz is on the left, like, just puck watching. Just puck watching the whole time. Doesn't know where his guy is. Patrick Line, I got to give credit to for scoring a not so Patrick Line goal. I mean, he got it in real tight and it was more just kind of like a shovel past Bennington. And it was a really good job, like collecting the puck and sort of turning it around and using its momentum to put it behind uh, Bennington. It was an interesting goal. It was a cool looking goal. I just hated it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was not so good. Uh, and it was really, I mean, it was just the defense really blew it on that one. You could say that. About so many times tonight. Including when Kyle Connor scored on the power play. His first goal of the season of the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Blake Wheeler and Patrick Wine got the assist here. Wheeler and Connor were passing back and forth on the power play. Uh, and Connor eventually got it and had a clear shot and scored. What's interesting is that when their team passes back and forth on the power play, they're also collapsing towards mm-hmm. the net, thereby shortening the distance between them and the goal, which is an amazing Novel. strategy. I wish someone else had thought of that. Uh, thoughts on this goal? It was just a really good shot by Connor. I can't really fault Hellebuck or even really the defense. Four and three. He's just he's just got an open lane there. That sucks, but it's going to happen. It, normally, it, scoring on the power play does happen, I'm going to say, on a four on three. So, sucks to suck. It does suck to suck, and it did suck. Uh, <laughs> Dmitry Kulikov got a high stick on Barbie at one point. Barbie had eight hits in the game that point. He's a little Russian monster, and the (laughs) Russian machine never breaks. Mm -hmm. Third period started with the Blues down 3-1, and naturally, they had to give us false hope. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko scored on the power play just under two minutes in, but this was really Vince Dunn's play. He knocked one puck out of midair on a clearing attempt, and then he knocked a second puck out of midair on a clearing attempt and got that one basically out of midair right to Tarasenko, who dusted it off until Truba went down and shot it over both Truba and Hellebuck for the goal. Holy crap, that would have been really nice. (laughs) If it had led to anything. Mm-hmm. It was a nice laser. It was a laser beam goal. It was good to see from Tarasenko. You're hoping for more. We'll talk about him. We'll get to you, Vladdy. Brandon Tanev got to the net when he scored a goal, assisted by Andrew Kopp and Dustin <laughs> Bifuglian. Uh, Tanev and Kopp crisscrossed like it was 1992 I don't know when Jump came out. I'm just going to guess 1992. And he crisscrossed across the zone. <laughs> Cops skated up. Edmondson didn't pressure him. He backhanded it to Tanev in front, who scored. The Jets right were be- up 4-2. to two. And right before that goal, Maroon had gotten a oh, puck you're right. behind uh, the Jets' net where Hellebuck had mishandled it. He almost got it in, a la Alex Steen. Back, Off yeah. The back, yeah. Mm, but, but he did not. Nope, did not. They went right down the other way and scored that Tanov goal. It is 
that was, I mean, that's the decider. That's a game. And speaking of goals off of parts of the goalie, Dustin Bufflin got his first goal of the series assisted by Andrew Kopp. Bufflin broke Pareko's ankles with a spin move, which he should not be yeah, able to Yeah, no, no, no. And create space along the goal line. He banked a shot from an extreme angle off Bennington's mask. Uh, Winnipeg commentators were praising him for on purpose. How on purpose it was, I'm not entirely convinced that it was. And also, if it was, I think it's kind of shitty to score <laughs> off an opposing goalie's mask. Although technically illegal. That Anything seem, to add on this goal? That does seem very sort of like teabag-esque. Yeah. Just like, you know what, I'm just going to pop one off the back <laughs> of your head. And yeah, there you go. That's like when you have a guy dead to rights and you stick the sticky grenade to him just to mm-hmm. just to make it sting a little bit. Okay, you know? Yeah. Any thoughts other than that on that goal? Other than sticky grenades. Uh, Pareko... Had a rough game. I was going to make a grunt noise, but I couldn't think of anything the grunts said in Halo. Oh, they say lots of things. I don't remember what any of it is, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pareko, talk about Pareko. Or would you rather just talk about all the fires after we're done with it? No, we'll hold off, but just a rough game for most of our decor. We're holding off, folks. Uh, Joel Edmondson assisted a goal uh, scored by Alexander Steen, also assisted by Alex Petrangelo. I'm going to be honest, the first name I read was Joel Edmondson, and then I phrased (laughs) it awkwardly. Um, Petrangelo fired a puck into Steen, who had his back to the net, and he turned and fired a shot slash pass that bounced off a stick slash skate and into the net slash goal. <laughs> um, nothing special to this one. No. Uh, with 13.42, you would have thought, or with 7.18 left, you would have hoped that maybe your team would keep fighting and possibly do something, but a minute and two seconds later, Kyle Connor again, like I'm back, uh, scored his second of this series. Scheifele assisted. Pareko could not hold off Scheifele behind the net in the trapezoid, and he got the puck and hit Kyle Connor in front for the goal. Unopposed. Like Connors so often do, he terminated the Blues. There you go. Uh, nice. the, the Jets and Blues were tied in shots at 29, although most of that was made up in the third period. The faceoffs were 53 to 47. The Blues got two power play goals on five attempts that really felt neither one like real power play goals. We can discuss that more. Uh, the Jets got one. Penalty minutes were even at 14 because it's the playoffs and they have to be or else. Hits were 29 <laughs> to 23. Uh, and blocks were 17 to 12, both in favor of the Blues. And the Jets have one more giveaway, six to five. Read the quotes or talk about the game first. Uh, let's talk about the game first. Okay. I think we can be really sad about the quotes after. Um, first of all, I hate that they do the evening penalty minute thing. I mean, I on one hand, I get it. They they don't want to affect the game at all. But on another hand. The refs are completely affecting the game. It's just, uh, they don't make really blatant calls. 
they make really shitty little calls <laughs> and it's always like why fucking bother it's like the dumbest hooking plays it's the dumbest little holds you're like oh he just barely touched the stick but the dude will like cross check a guy right in the back in front of that they don't call it i know they've called like one or two mm. but it's so fucking annoying and it drives me bonkers and you just know it that's the thing with the blues power play that's so fucking annoying is that they don't score on it and then you know that the Jets are going to get opportunity. Like, they're going to get on the power play, no matter what. It doesn't matter. You can yeah. play a flawless game. They'll find a way because they have to give them a few here and there. They just have to. That's the way it works. And then the Jets will score on it because our PK hasn't been very good, and their power play is amazing. And it's So when you get a power play opportunity, you have to score. And they were 2 for 5 last night, which is all right, I guess. But that puts them, what, 2 for 12 in the whole series, I believe? Uh, Man, no, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. It's it bugs the shit out of me every time we're on the power play. Yeah, I mean we're not, we're not going anywhere in the playoffs if our power play doesn't get better. Yeah. Just bar none. Like, possibly we can survive the Jets if that happens. Although I'm not even convinced of that right now. But we're not getting any farther mm-hmm. than that. You gotta have a power play. You, like you got to have a power mm-hmm. play. It doesn't have to be dominant, but it at least, like at the very least, even if you're not scoring, at the very least, you should be wearing your opponents mm, out on the yeah. power play. Maintain We're momentum. We're not even doing that. I well, I know we barely ever establish zone time, and I swear our second power play unit looks way better at getting into the zone and staying there than our first, which so, is not a good look. They did make the decision this game of moving Dunn up to the first grouping, which I am very in favor of. I wrote about it last week. And I thought we looked a little better. We scored two Mm -hmm. goals, but it's still not like... It hasn't been good all season. Even when it was going okay, it really was just the hotness of the players on it, not the organization of the power play itself. I can't remember a time where the Blues had a really fearsome power play, Mm -hmm. but under Hitchcock, it was always at least adequate. Mm -hmm. And now it just feels like, I don't know who's coaching that thing, but... They gotta go. Like they gotta. <laughs> somebody's gotta make it better. Yeah, it just feels useless. We never. We always feel like we're playing the power play on our heels. Like we're just so scared of the other team's PK. It bugs the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that was the smallest. I think that was the smallest part of the loss in this game too. And it bugs me so much. But this game was more the whole team playing just atrocious defense mm-hmm. and just super lackadaisical. I mean, it's not so much that they, like, don't know who to cover. It's just that they're just not doing it. There were so many times where there was a guy Edmonds- in the slot just unmarked. I think on that cop Tanev goal, Edmondson was just standing in front of Cop, watching him. Mm. Not pressing him, just watching him. How can you leave someone space in the playoffs? That's what I mean. That's so bonkers. Not, I mean, this isn't good for a podcast, but <laughs> how can you not make this move? Just a little bit. Steven's barely moving his arm. Thank you. But, like, seriously, how do you not do anything to interfere with a guy, slow him down, anything at all? They were getting run around yesterday, too. I didn't even see this, but when I was in the car, they had at some point, I don't know which goal it was, Preko was out at the blue line defending, and they had one of our forwards back down low. And it was like they couldn't figure out to switch their guy. They couldn't figure it. Like now you've got Barbashev sitting down there trying to clear the front of the net 
from like Mark Shifley, which I'm just gonna guess isn't gonna go over <laughs> well. It's yeah, Barbershop's great. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like once once you have that mix up, your whole your whole defensive look isn't gonna get reset that whole time they've got the puck in the or in the zone, and it's it was frustrating to watch. They didn't look prepared from the moment the puck was dropped, and it's like, why? And then, yeah, I mean, and then it was that that line A goal, which I know you can say that's a breakdown, and I realize breakdowns happen. Mm-hmm. But how do breakdowns happen with Patrick Line on the ice? On mm-hmm. a four-on-four, four, you can't have breakdowns happen. If anything, you're going to leave someone else open because you're trying to really cover Patrick Line. But why? I would at least accept that a little if bit, but instead to, you let him open. If you've got to interfere with Patrick Wynne to keep him from just getting unopposed in front of the net, you do it. Mm. I'd rather it be a four-on-three than just give him a free goal. I just, every one of these goals really, you know, the, the Bufflin one was a bad look for Bennington. Mm. But also, how prepared can you be for someone to score off your mask? Like, I'm not giving him a pass, but like, yeah. what's he gonna do? You know, he was in the proper position, basically. The guy just took a shitty, cowardly shot. <laughs> um, oh, we got a lot of shitty cowards to talk about after this yeah. game, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, the line A we talked about was just awful. The Connor. That's just how a power play is supposed to work, mm. and um, it did. <laughs> the Brandon Tanev one we talked about, Edmondson not making the play, and then that last Kyle Connor one, Pareko's just not making the play on Trival behind the net. It's not, None of these goals, with the possible exception of the Connor one on the power play, was really just, oh, their team played better than you, or like their players were more skilled than you. They're all... A crappy breakdown, and I realize that's true of all of them. I realize mm-hmm. they let us in on the Perron goal, and Tarasenko got a shot he shouldn't have gotten, and all of that. But it's just like... Yeah, but they limited themselves, how, you know? How do you come out in a home playoff game that flat? I remember this. Do you remember this happened against the Wild the year that they knocked us out of the playoffs? When it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I think it was 2-2 by the end of four games. And then they won the final two, game five and six. Mm-hmm. And I think we had a couple, I mean, playoff-wise, blowouts either way, kind of like 6-3 victory, 5-2 loss, things like that. But I think they had home ice. And, yeah, when we opened it up, we just looked flat as hell. And it's mind-boggling. I get they'll always talk to the players afterwards. And I'm like, you know, were you was the crowd um, kind of making you nervous and you really want to play it for the crowd? And they never admit to it, and that's good. But I always think, man, if that was true, if like, yeah, I think we were. I'm like, well, then you have like a big <laughs> issue. Yeah. And what I think bugs me the most or concerns me the most moving forward is I hope the Blues can outplay the Jets because what they didn't have to do the first two games is really like outplay them. The Jets were just trying to yeah. hit, 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 and the Blues just played their, you know, standard road game, scored, got their opportunities, capitalized on them, and then all of a sudden, game three, the Jets completely changed their game, maybe because it's on the road, maybe more likely it's because they needed to after being down 0-2. They changed to, they hit when they had to, but it was not nearly as much, and they just said, we're going to play hockey now, and they beat the Blues pretty swiftly. And that scares me, that they've just decided, I guess we'll play hockey now, and they won. 
And God absolutely save you if Connor Hellebuck finds his form at all. Mm -hmm. I know folks are saying, well, you know, their goalie's crap. We still have a great chance in this series. He doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. It's not like Connor Hellebuck's incapable of being a good goalie. So we can talk, maybe we can can talk through some of these quotes and and we can talk about what we're expecting for game four. Um, Barube said, they have more pace than us right away in the game, more urgency. We didn't match that early on. Talking about Bennington, he said he's a strong mentally kid. You know, (laughs) he's a strong kid and he's going to bounce back. He's mental. And he said, we're going to get a good game tomorrow. Don't know about Mm. that. We know they were going to come hard. (laughs) Phrasing. (laughs) Says Colton Pareko. We got to make sure that we come prepared next game, keep our focus, and just take care of home ice. Just make sure that you're ready for puck drop. He said, both teams are obviously desperate. Ian, your thoughts? (laughs) Well, no. The Jets are the only (laughs) team that looked desperate last night. And on top of that, you should play desperate. But I'm going to say, I'm going to just be angry on both sides. You should play desperate. You should play very desperate. At the same time, if you really do feel desperate, I'm scared for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I want you to play desperate. But if you really do feel desperate when you're up 2-0... I, I don't know. You might lose. I think you should play with urgency, but if you're like, oh, no, we cannot lose this game, oh, boy. Basically, if you feel like me and you're a player, you're fucked. <laughs> like, to paraphrase Mumford and Sons, play with urgency but not with haste. Yeah, exactly. To the two Mumford and Sons fans listening to this. Um, that doesn't seem like a big crossover. Hockey you, fans yeah. and Mumford and Sons. We'll see. We'll see. Let us know. Hit we'll us leave. up on the Twitter if yeah. that... If that quote from Not With Haste really moved you. Uh, <laughs> Pareko went on to say they do a good job of knowing where each other are. Yeah, they're a hockey team. If anything breaks down, we've got to make sure we help each other out. Yeah, you're also a hockey team. I love this. Uh, some more worrying quotes. These from Jaden Schwartz. We'll watch the film, make some adjustments, see what we can do better. And I think the biggest thing was zone time. You're not wrong there. This is the one, yeah, this is the one that bothers mm. me. You got to win four games, and we know each game how important they are, and we know they were going to be desperate. We were going to get their best game, and we didn't match it. Nobody really even expected, nobody really expected this series to end in four games, maybe even five. I get that that's just something you say, but also you should expect it to end in four games. Mm. If you're the team that's up to nothing coming home to home ice, you should expect that. And any indication that you don't is not an indication of, well, they're a good team over there. You're never going to sweep them. They're just a good team over there. Mm. They've got too much fight. They've got too much spirit. They've got too much passion. They've got too much heart. They've got too much grit. They've got too much pugnaciousness. They've got too much truculence. It's not, that's not what it is. You're just admitting defeat before defeat has happened, and you can't afford to do that. I really do think last night they just kind of took their foot off the gas. Like, I really think this quote embodies exactly what happened. They thought, we're going to we're gonna try. I mean, they probably didn't think this, but what happened was they're going to try, and if the other team plays harder than them, there's more games. I agree. Let's not forget to talk about the intro package, too, because that's something that Mm. kind of feeds into this whole mindset. But yeah, like I recognize that as a fan, I should not come into a game and think, I'm probably going to lose this one, right? (laughs) I I realize that's not a good attitude to have, but 
I at least have the flexibility to do that. Yeah, you're allowed to. A player should never be (laughs) even in that neighborhood. And it feels like sometimes these guys just are. I know. I'm like, that's something you... That can happen. That's Uh a reality. But you should, like you said, play for that to be the worst case. The thing... The the first period into the second period here is what boggles my mind, I think. You escaped the first period with a 1-0 lead in a period you very much should have been down 3 to nothing, And then you come out even flatter in the second? Like, how? Mm-hmm. Literally how? Uh, Schwartz would go on to say, when they've got time and space, they can make you pay, and they can make plays. Agreed. Again, a good hockey team. (laughs) This is the playoffs. They're all good hockey teams. I'm yelling at Schwartz, not you, just to be queer. They were quicker on pucks. They have more aggression, and we didn't do ourselves any favors. We were loose with the puck. Gotta be tighter. Less loose, more tight. Less less loosey-goosey, more tidy whities Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan Bennington and his typically dispassionate (laughs) Tom Brewer said it's a loss, but if we win that game, we're preparing the same way for game four, which I actually, that's, I actually like that attitude. Mm -hmm. It's still just a typical hockey hockey quote. Uh, but who is hockey's smart insider goal? (laughs) It's Jordan (laughs) Bennington. Uh, it's about having a short memory and doing what makes you feel good for the next game, believing in ourselves and trying to be as consistent as you can by believing in ourselves. He likes to believe in ourselves. <laughs> Personally, he fi- finishes, I think experience comes in, and you just remember the way you play the game and try to take game four. That's him talking about his own expectations for the next game. Ian. Mm-hmm. My expectations? Where do we go? Do you want to talk about expectations? Do you want to talk about the pregame? Oh, let's talk about the pregame. Okay, so the pregame ceremony at the at at uh, um Enterprise Arena, Enterprise Arena, Enterprise Center. Did my brain just break? Enterprise Center. <laughs> yeah, it should be the Enterprise EC. Arena, yeah, it should be that but one. It's not. Uh, because they've always been centers, I guess. Maybe there's a technical difference between an arena and a Oh, center. I'm sure someone can tweet us I that. Know, yeah. Do not. <laughs> Unless you're also a Mumford and Sons. Yeah, fan, then please do. And you're killing two birds with <laughs> yeah. one stone. We want to know Mumford everything about would you. Never endorse. Uh, yeah. So, so the so the ceremony itself was pretty cool. It was kind of butt rocky as usual, <laughs> but. Uh, they yeah, had the sure was. they had the, the kind of uh, the coordinated light up bracelets that everybody got to wear, and it was a cool effect. It's a new stadium effect, really neat. Uh, Vegas did it too this year. Vegas is better at pregame stuff. I feel like but, a lot of teams have done that light up wristband, yeah. except for us before now. So you that's know, probably true. Yeah, way to go. We are kind of late to the game usually. The thing though that I want to focus on. Besides the sad, somber when the blues go march again thing, which has got to stop. It's just, it's, <laughs> I get it. Like, I get, 
I like when the boys go marching in, but the whole somber like build to the, it doesn't build fast enough. It's it's, and I took part in one of those videos last year, and it's, you did not feel good about I mean, it. <laughs> it was a playoff video, so it never saw the light of day. But anyway, um, it does feel a very like we're going to war sort of thing, and I know it's the playoffs, but maybe make it a little more fun and energy. There doesn't feel like it's there's no energy. Mm-hmm. I've, you need to get people up and moving and stuff, and they kind of have this like bum, 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 and I'm like, yeah, okay. Now I'm sad. <laughs> now, now, now I'm worried about Jaden Schwartz getting like three to the chest or whatever in yeah. front of me on home ice. Like, oh my god, uh, Bortuzzo took that one off the ribs. Oh yeah, Ooh, I guess it is. That dude was in. There's a little bit of war. <laughs> First, you get your wrists gashed open. Oh, yeah. And then you get your fucking ribs broken. Ugh. But anyway, the video was, with due respect to Kelly Chase, it was so wrong. It was wrong. And it was wrong in every <laughs> way. And here's why. The whole premise of the video was basically, like, obviously this isn't how it was prevented. Mm. presented but it was basically hey we sucked real bad and now we don't anymore and we're in the playoffs that was basically what the video was the whole premise was we weren't supposed to be here and it was kelly chase very somberly talking about they told us we'd never make the playoffs and they showed a bunch of headlines on the screen <laughs> one of which was my own hooray not a big deal put on the horns um, famous oh the note is already made (laughs) um but yeah i mean they show all these headlines like for example st louis blues time to panic question mark Uh, i don't know what genius wrote that one (laughs) i'm sure it was great uh and and they're just they're basically like early in the season everybody given up on us although technically that person whomever wrote it answered no to the question at the time just read but the article folks uh, yeah and they show they talk about everybody wrote us off and then we yeah. got out and we're here and I get that but no that's like the wrong focus because you were always supposed to be here which is a point you made mm. and I just stole from you so why don't you make it <laughs> No just that they when we got Ryan O'Reilly and to a lesser extent Pron and Bozak and Maroon no people were already talking about how we were most certainly going to finish top 3 in the division and we did because we were supposed to, and we took this weird V shape of, like, we just plummeted, and then we rose back up, and it's a nice story, but this wasn't something where, like, this was unexpected, you guys. I mean, the rise back up was unexpected, but we were supposed to be here from the start, and I get that's the feeling they want to go with. I go, I get that they want to say, like, see, we can do it, but, like, take say that, and take that approach and make it, like, fun, and I'm just... I'm just done with just the dirge they do every time. They're like trotting out people and they're like, he goes, we're going to channel the spirits of the Plager brothers and Brian Sutter and Al McKinnis and who else was it? Bernie Federko and Brett Hall. All of those people minus one of the Plager brothers is alive. And they go, we're going to channel their spirit. Like we're like... Whatever. I don't know. It bothers me. It's really stupid. I get it. If you love it, cool beans. Go for it. But to me, I'm like, I want to get up and dance, baby. Several of those people won Stanley Cups elsewhere. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> Which, by the way, also wrote a piece called The St. Louis Blues Mount Rushmore that mentions many of those people. We'll go ahead and hit the double horn tap. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but, yeah, it's just... <laughs> I want to take like a, a, you know, a poppy, even like poppy techno, even like heavy metal, you know, give me some of that stuff. But it just felt very sad and very like they want us. We're always looking at the past. And sometimes I think, I don't know if it's Our all sports. Isn't that great? <laughs> sports are always trying to look this, at the like, past. I, I don't, I love this team. I love its history. It's awesome. But we're so friggin' like obsessed with how blue collar mm-hmm. and truculent we are. I still don't know what that word means. But I, I think it means being an asshole. Yeah, so yeah, you're um, right. And and we're so obsessed and like again, Kelly Chase is amazing. But like the Kelly Chases of the world aren't the voices of other teams' franchises. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gordy Howe was the voice of, of was the face of the Red Wings franchise. And yeah, I get Gordy Howe was an asshole and knew how to be physical too, but he was also a stupendous all-time great player. I think Brett Bobby Hall got Orr's tired. the face of the Bruins franchise. Brett Hall got tired of being it. Yeah, yeah maybe. I think he did. But it's like, even, even Brett Hall is like, okay, man, the you won your cups elsewhere. It's mm. like, I'm tired of being like the underdog. Let's be the overdog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're always going to be that stupid underdog. Until we win a cup. Can we transition? Yeah. So Brett Hall was on the radio, was on Camo X during the first period, I think. Uh-huh. And he was talking with with whoever's on there, Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale. Alex Anthopoulos or whoever. Yeah, it was probably him. And he mentioned that he wants to see Vladimir Tarasenko do a little more scoring. And I couldn't agree more. He's not the only problem on this team. I'd say it's hard for me to even call him a problem. But when you see Patrick Laine scoring three goals in three games and you get Tarasenko scoring one. When he was ice cold mm, coming in. He came in and just a... Was he still... Had he not... He'd scored 11 goals since his... Five goal performance against us in December. He scored. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he scored 11 goals over the last three and a half months of the season. Yep. Yep. And now he's got three in three games. And, and by the way, in those 11 goals, I think still Cy Younged it during that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it. I like Vladimir Tarasenko playing his full, you know, 200 foot game. It's really great. Everyone's very happy for that. But at a certain point, I need you to find the quiet ice. I need you to be the guy that they're going to pass to and you just rifle it in. I just, I sometimes wonder. People I, would complain I about that, I didn't want to be this defeatist on this podcast. We're up to one in the series. We could just win tomorrow. And <laughs> and, and I'm not even saying we won't. Folks, if, it, if they lose tomorrow, I don't know if you want to tune in. Yeah, <laughs> you might not. Um, but, like, I just, there's a very real scenario to me where we lose this series and all of the problems that we thought were problems before Bennington debuted and we won 11 games and we made the playoffs just still are problems. But because Bennington debuted and we won 11 games and we made the playoffs, we can just ignore them. And that scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. We, I, I mentioned it to you offline, and we're Alex Petrangelo's biggest defenders. We really are. But why the hell is it Colton Pareko and Jaden Schwartz and... 
Jordan Bennington that have to answer the media's question and never, ever Vladimir Tarasenko or Alex Petrangelo. Ever. Mm -hmm. Okay, Tarasenko did it a couple of times. Those guys both did it a couple of times when we were at our absolute shit worst this Mm -hmm. season. But just a run-of-the-mill playoff loss, it is never those guys. And why is that? You got the C on your test. You don't get a pass on media coverage. Like, I don't... That baffles my mind. That baffles my mind that he won't do it. Mm. And it baffles my mind that the organization... Organization... Mm -hmm. Is just fine with that. Maybe they aren't fine with it, but then he's your employee. Go make him do it. Yeah, it doesn't look great from a leadership standpoint. I realize sometimes you're just going to get whoever is there for interviews. But we got a C and two A's on this team, and none of them are ever doing them. Steen more than the other two by a mm. long ways, and even he isn't doing them. I'm a little surprised they didn't have Bozak and Maroon out there. They used to do that a lot. It's just like, here comes the t- newbies. The it's yeah. like, you guys explain this shit, and it's like, ah, I don't know what I signed <laughs> yeah. up for. That's what I'm explaining. Tarasenko has to be better. He has to take over a series at some point. Mm-hmm. And he's played he's, really good playoff hockey before, like for right. sure. And if he's a superstar, though, he needs to. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think, I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's a phenomenally good player who has every ability to be a superstar. But I don't think superstars can just disappear at the wheel from time to time. Sidney Crosby is doing it right now. And look where the Islander, look where the Penguins are. They're mm-hmm. three games down to the Islanders and heading for the golf course. And uh, Sidney Crosby has earned his disappearance <laughs> trophy by far by now. But, like, your best player's got to show up. Mm. Line A isn't their best player. He's their best scorer, and he's showing up. But shows, so is Shifla whose name I still cannot pronounce, <laughs> so's Brian Little, so's Blake Wheeler, so's Dustin Bufflin. Those are their stars, and they're all contributing. Where's Braden Shin? Where's Vladimir Tarasenko? Ryan O'Reilly hasn't even been on the score sheet that much. I think he's looked fine, mm. but he hasn't been making goals, probably partially because neither of those other two guys are go- showing up. Ryan O'Reilly is the weird victim of playing like balls to the walls all the time. Uh, so then when you get to the playoffs and everyone plays balls to the walls, you just look like stand out a person. Much. Yeah. Like it's totally fine. But I was talking to somebody like they don't at work and they were like, he doesn't really look like he's playing all that well. And I'm like, no, I think he's playing just it's like he's always played. But, you know, he was always playing in like 10th gear. And now yeah. everyone has it up there. And maybe you can help. He can try and kick it up a little bit. But it's like, to be honest, I can't really harp on a guy where it's like, look, you practically carried the team, too, outside of Bennington on your back when this team sucked. So, like, keep playing the way you're going to play. And some of these other guys got to step up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had Sunquist score some. You had, you know, a few of your lower guys. But like you said, you got to have your stars got to be your stars. Yeah. Jaden Schwartz has played, has statistically, background wise, uh, whatever, sabermetrics-wise, has been all right, has been fine, like, season-wise. I've been beating that horse all season. But it's... You gotta show up sometimes. The bottom is falling out in the playoffs on that I've been begging people to see that, but you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't defend you forever, Jaden Schwartz. 
Braden Shen's a ghost. Jaden Schwartz is a ghost. Tarasenka's got one goal is basically mm. a ghost. And it's not just like, it's not just, okay, they're not scoring. How often have you heard about Tarasenko making a play, hitting a post, mm. making a creative pass, breaking into the zone? David Perron has done a lot. Patrick Maroon's worked really hard. Um, Robert Thomas, I think, for a kid in his yeah. first playoff series, has looked pretty good. I thought Bozak, Maroon, and Thomas looked good in Game Two, and over you know generally have looked fine. But no one gelled yesterday. Out, Al- yeah. Alex I- Steen is a ghost. You know he's a ghost. Yeah, that's a lost cause. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. It is. Our, I, thought I our... can't even name our second line right now. <laughs> Oscar Sundquist is your second line center. That's mm-hmm. that's he's not like... great. Honestly, he's out, looked fine. Outside of scoring, you've heard his name a lot. He's looked fine, which is he's, a little discouraging compared to everyone else. Everything you know? he's done this season is preposterous, <laughs> and we've talked about it plenty. I still don't know that he should be your second line center, especially on a team with Tyler Bozak and Braden Shen and Robert Thomas. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Thomas found chemistry on Bozak and Maroon's wing, and Shin found chemistry on O'Reilly and Tarasenko's wing, but none of it's working right now. It's just not great. You got we it. haven't even talked about <laughs> the real criminals last game, who were the defense. Mm. Well, I was going to say, they've played, they played well in game one and two, I thought. Generally, our the decor defense, yeah. played really well. Last night, I think they were the worst part of the entire team. Oh, God. Pareko and Edmondson especially. Yeah, it was awful. It was not good. Edmondson awful. really has these big lapses I of being outmatched in his own zone. I don't know what Joel Edmondson is. Yeah. I worry that he's like Eric Goodbranson light. <laughs> Woof. And I don't mean like he's obviously no, better I know what than you mean. Eric Goodbranson. Yeah. But like, is he like... Do you really want to commit years and four or five million to that guy right now? I don't. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna. <laughs> we're definitely gonna. But I really don't. It should not be. It should most certainly not if be over you, four and a half. If you can friggin'. I, I love Joel Edmondson. If you can convince Edmonton that he's your man. Please do. <laughs> like, please <laughs> Oh, man. Do. He's the guy I'm looking. Yeah, I'd definitely be taking like. Some flyers from different teams are like, like, uh, what do you think about Joel? And then you've got Vince Dunn on the left side. Mm-hmm. You've still got Bowmeister. Bowmeister's been hit and miss this playoffs. We've talked about Gardner. It's a long shot. But I, I think Dunn, he's shown enough to me in the second half of this season that I could see him as a top line guy. He's played real, pretty well defensively, too. Even in the playoffs, yeah. And... I just, we're all over the place now and talking about postseason, but, like, everybody's got to show up. Not mm-hmm. just the little guys. They can't carry you through the series. They did it in 2016, too. It was Magnus Payarvi scoring go- game-winning goals, and Ivan Barbashev, and Tarasenko wasn't, you know, I, I don't have the game logs in front of me, but I don't remember anybody other than Allen being a huge difference maker in that series. Mm-hmm. you got to be there. you got to show up. If you want to talk about how bad you want to win a cup, perform. Mm. Do it. Tomorrow's game is huge. I know uh, I know. if Jets when it's 2-2, it's a best of three now. It's all it's even or whatever. But no, they have all the momentum. You're going into Winnipeg. 
we were a little shocked already that they'd won two games in Winnipeg or any games. I've it's going to it's going to be extremely hard. How many times literally have we gone up two nothing in a series? They win game 2 or they win game 3. Maybe they eke out game 4 mm-hmm. and you think, well, 4 was better than 3. And we won the last time we were wherever we played the first two <laughs> mm-hmm. games. And then you just get blitzed in game five. Mm-hmm. That could be this year again. Do not let it be. You got to Go win, win tomorrow. tomorrow. You have to do it. You have to do it. And you it. bring up a good point. It can't, it, man, any win's good. But, man, you can't hang your hat on, like, a loss where it's like, oh, squeaky loss. Ooh, you know, it wasn't 6-3. It was 3-2. And, man, they just scored late. And the Blues looked real that, good all game. That shit is a bad attitude it's so in the bad. regular season. Yeah, it is unacceptable in the playoffs. A loss is still a loss. That's what I mean. There's no. I don't. I know that's a fan based thing, but I do not care how close the potential loss is tomorrow. If we looked a lot better than today, it does not matter. The win is all that matters. Flip side of that coin: Carolina beat the Washington Capitals five nothing tonight. They're gonna rejoice like that's their Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. and they're gonna get. Friggin' Blitzkrieged on Thursday, on Wednesday. Mm. There is no doubt in my mind that they will just get destroyed. (laughs) And I just, like... I don't expect the Blues to, like, 6-0 the Jets, you know, tomorrow tomorrow night. But I do expect, or I should say I hope, that they at least come out of the gate in the first period and actually look like a team that's like, you know what, no more screwing around. We're just trying to score goals. We're trying to shore up our own zone, and we're just playing, like, the tightest game ever. Because I don't want them to look like they looked yesterday where it looked like, well, we still got games. There's still games to play. That's the other problem. If this goes seven, let's say it goes seven and we win. Thank you. Which is awesome. This is where Great. Gonna go next, yeah. This team's got the shit beat out of it. And then it's gonna go play Nashville or Dallas. God honestly, God forbid it's Dallas. But like and you and you know what? I bet you have to play like two days after, you know, one day after you just finished this huge series when it didn't have to be. And we've you've mentioned this before. It's just like when we played Chicago, and then in the same year we played Dallas, especially Dallas. It did you not have to be seven games. Chicago and Dallas both away in five games. Could have and should have. Mm-hmm. And they let it go to seven. And then when Nashville beat us. San Jose. San Jose. Yeah, we were had zero energy. When San Jose beat us, the story, not the story, the excuse. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Was that, well, they were so tired, they had two seven-game series, and San Jose didn't. Why was that? (laughs) Because they didn't finish. They didn't put their foot on the gas and finish off their opponents when they could. I, I, I wanted to find... A audio of the Doug Armstrong quote mm. to open the show. In the future, maybe I did. <laughs> maybe the show already maybe opened. Maybe you've with already it, heard it. And you already heard it. <laughs> My initial searches were unsuccessful. But whether or not it played, I will remind you all of the very famous quote Doug Armstrong said when he said he was talking about being up to nothing in a series and how you need to eliminate your opponents. And he said, in very graphic language, you need to take the knife and jam it through their eye and into their brain and kill them. We don't do that. 
Lou Korak tweeted that quote on April 29th, 2014. <laughs> it is five years later. We have the same general manager. We have the same core, minus David Backus. Minus, I guess, TJ Oshie at that point, probably. Mm-hmm. And we still don't fucking do it. Yeah. And listen, all you have to do to change my mind... It's just destroy him in game four. Just beat him and Mm -hmm. then go and win in five games. Or even if at that point, even if it takes six. If game five looks fine and you would just win in game six, I would have wished you did it in five or four, but at least you got it done. You cannot take a second off on Thursday, on Wednesday, on tomorrow. (laughs) God, I've lost track. All the way up to Tuesday. You can't take a second off on any of those days, boys. You gotta win the Stanley (laughs) Cup. I saved it. No, I didn't. It was an abomination. But, yeah, you just, just, just be better. This is how broken we are. But I mean, I'm, I'm there with you. And it's not even like, it's not even that I've given up hope. I haven't. I actually haven't, which is quite an advancement for me. (laughs) (laughs) The doctors will be proud. This year, if we lose this series, it won't even be depression. It will just be disgust and anger that they friggin' roped us in again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll just be mad at at myself. I won't even be mad at them, because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. Hear me when I say I don't, a different result. I don't want the Blues to lose this series, but if they do... You, as listeners the, to this podcast, you might. The, the quote-unquote exit podcast <laughs> is going to be like a doozy. Oh my. I think it's going to be long size interspersed with like, God damn it! <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't go there, but I just, this effort was not good enough on uh, Sunday night. It wasn't close I think the to biggest thing is that you were on home ice, and you, and you did that. And as far as, like, a playoff, uh, as far as a hockey fan going to the playoffs goes, I'd hate to pay, like, a hundred bucks or whatever the hell it is and just see that. That always makes me so gun-shy about the playoffs. I'm like, I get so nervous and the best part about watching on TV is I can, like, mute it or get up and move and flail my arms about. But at a playoff game, I'm like, I'm stuck in this goddamn chair, and they're losing, and my brain is on fire. Steven and I didn't watch this game together yesterday. and we'll discuss why mm, in a moment. I'm so sorry. But uh, I was, like, much more angry alone. I was so much more angry. At least you and I joke about it when we're watching it and they're losing. It's a little enjoyable but uh, I was I was Steve Dangle levels of angry yesterday. Why wouldn't you be? It's just, uh, that ga- that that effort was pathetic from stem to stern. It was just awful. And let's move on and hope that <laughs> yeah. tomorrow's better. Um, elsewhere around the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. or they will win this series and 12 and 0 the rest of the playoffs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun either way. <laughs> I like that. Will be. I I'm in disbelief. How do you like how? How do you, how? How are you how? Do you think if that was the blue like, you know, flip-flop the records? I'd kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like would you feel 
super angry or would you feel like you do now with the lightning where you're just like you just can't believe it and that's what that's what I takes think over I'd more be in shock i think i'd yeah. just be like hmm <laughs> that's what oh. I mean. I'd be like, <laughs> they found a new way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even I, when we won the president's trophy, we didn't get swept. I don't. Did we? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I'm looking it up. We um, might have. I think it's so unbelievable to me that there's a decent chance that they end up firing their coach that they just extended. Like, you have to, You kind of have to, don't you? If you get swept in the first round, you have to. And I love John Cooper, and it is probably not his fault, but how do you not? I'm like, what what player are you going to trash? On that friggin' team? No way! You're like, we just don't like Steven Stamkos anymore. Maybe you do, maybe... Blow it up. Oh, yeah. Maybe you trade Stamkos. You got to keep point anyway. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do. That'd be fun. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you... I like... Their their GM, who's pretty much just Iserman Jr., is so conservative. 99-2000 was the president's trophy. Yeah. That was a seven-game series loss. Against the Sharks. Sharks. Wow. You know what? Good for the Blues. (laughs) (laughs) Way to not be the most disappointing president's trophy team ever. Um, Nikita Kucherov with a dirty hit on, I don't know, somebody, Josh Anderson, maybe. I, I can't remember. Oliver Bjorkstrand, maybe. Somebody. Mm. Got a game suspension. I Is he serving that tomorrow? No, I think he served it. He already served it, okay. Uh, yeah, I wasn't wild about the suspension, honestly, for playoff hockey. For a non-offender, but it was a bad hit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> pretty far down on the list of bad hits this week. Yeah, this was uh, uh, more tame than some. Why don't we finish this and just like any more thoughts on the Lightning potentially being swept by Columbus? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. No, I mean, I'm just happy to be here in Columbus, this mode. who now gets to dust off their skates for a week and a half and then just be sacrificed upon an altar to the winner of Boston and Toronto. <laughs> God, um, I would love Columbus to go far, man. Do it. I would. That would be great. If we if we don't, by all means, go Blue Jackets. Think about what that would mean for, like, the trade deadline. <laughs> also, oh, freaking hilarious. Like, I, I'm not, like, a John Tortorella fanboy or anything, but I love all the people, like Greg Wyshynski, whom mm. I also adore, who are just like, he's a terrible coach, or he's, like, an okayest coach. Yeah. And then what if he just friggin' four O's John Cooper? <laughs> Mm, the NHL is a crazy sport. Speaking of crazy, the Colorado Avalanche are leading the Calgary Ooh. Flames at the first intermission by a score of zero of Calgary's goals to three nice. of Colorado's goals. Those goals were scored by Nathan McKinnon, <laughs> scored mm-hmm. by uh, uh, assisted by Tyson Berry and Jimothy Timothy Comfer, <laughs> and Nathan McKinnon, oh, yeah. assisted by Mika <laughs> Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog, and with assists by Nathan McKinnon and Alexander Kerfoot, the first ever NHL goal of Kale McCarr. Oh, nice. He closed the scoring for the first period, 16 minutes in. Uh, Kale McCarr, for those of you who don't know, is the Avalanche's top prospect. He was drafted fourth overall, I believe. Mm -hmm. 
one year or two years ago, 2017, right after Miro Haskinen, uh, the same year as, as Patrick and um, Heischer at the top. Another time that the Avalanche got friggin' dirt roaded in the uh, oh, yeah. draft lottery. But they got Nathan McKinnon, who, Jesus Christ, is like <laughs> the team. He is the Colorado Avalanche. That is true, and he's quite good. Uh, Colorado were on the brink of being down 2-0. Jimothy, Timothy, John for Tom for Comfer scored to tie it with like a minute left in their game two, and then they won it in overtime, and now they have a commanding lead on the Flames. A lot of times left, of course, it could evaporate, but damn. <laughs> I mean, they're making a series where I did not expect a series. The uh, Predators are disgustingly up 2 nothing on the Stars, but also I don't want the Stars to win, so who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Predators will take a 2-1 to series lead if that result holds. We already mentioned Carolina beating Washington 5 to nothing today on home ice. Good for them. Like, I'm happy for Carolina. I'm deeply disappointed that there was no storm surge afterwards because they're cowards. Um, <laughs> but good for them overall. Uh, Warren Figula and Dougie <laughs> Hamilton got the uh, Warren Figula got four of the five goals. Figula got an assist on one of the Hamilton goals, making him a three-point night for this person of whom I have mm. never heard before. It's a random name generator on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that series is now two to one. No problem, I expect for the Washington Capitals. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Islanders and the Sharks, and then we can circle back around to the Nazem Kadri-less Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, because that will provide a great transition into our final discussion <laughs> of the evening. The Islanders are up three to nothing on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hot. Damn! Nice. I thought they would win this series. I think did we both predict they'd win it? Uh, I can't remember. Or maybe that was this the one where I said I'd pick whoever you didn't pick. I think I picked Islanders. There was one of those. Okay, so this is the this we agreed was the Islanders because I know I picked them. Um, they're up three to nothing. They've just outplayed the Penguins. Crosby's been silent. Maybe they finally ran out of gas after four years like of this crap. Yeah, back to back years of hockey. It's very possible. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights scored in the first like. 22nd of all three periods last night and took a 2-1 to series lead in that series. Mark Stone has been in fuego. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very good. I'm very angry that I didn't draft him in our playoff pool because I thought about it, as did you. Uh, so, only... Oh, hold on, though. What about Joe Thornton? Oh, shit. Thank you. By the way, Paul Stastny did get two goals. I forget he's in down there. Game. Joe Thornton hit whom? Do you remember? Thomas who? Nosek. Thomas Nosek. He's very sick now. <laughs> Thomas. Yes, <very> sick. sick. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Nice one. Fuck Joe Thornton, man. What a piece of shit. Just fuck him. Just. Him. What was his comment? I don't want to swear this much on this podcast. I'll look it up. Something about he didn't what see a him. Shit eating asshole. If you didn't see it, he was coming around the back of the net and he pretty much just 
poked his elbow out to nail Nosek in the head. Ex- it was exactly the David Perron mm. I mean, to a friggin' to a letter, other than the location on the ice. The dude has a beard. One time he posed naked with Brent Burns for like a photo shoot, and everyone's like, he's so fun. And he has so many assists. He's such a fun guy. But this, he's a piece of shit. This is the piece of shit thing he said. <laughs> What a shit! Oh, I'm I'm sorry for swearing this much, but this guy really grinds my gears. He said, "Honestly, I thought I barely touched him. He came right back. It's just one of those plays. I think my son hits me like that six times a day. It's just a weird position he put himself in, running into your elbow. Ah, that's uh... all. Just so." This guy is Canadian, and he has a lot of assists, and that's the only reason. He's he's not going to be suspended for this. I know. Of course he's not going to be suspended for this, because he's Joe Thornton. He's been a toxic, dangerous asshole in this league for 20 years now, and nobody gives a shit. Because he's Canadian, and he gets a lot of assists, (laughs) and he has a long beard, and that's funny. Yeah. What a weird-looking guy. Just, the David Perron hit cut more than a year off his career. That's what it cut out of his active career, Mm -hmm. with no way of calculating what it may cut off the end of his career. Mm -hmm. Because he's already talking about, like, yeah, if I get another concussion, I'll probably retire. Because I can't do this anymore. And this girl gets treated like he's some sort of goddamn national treasure. Not my American. <laughs> <laughs> Not my nation. You I don't have him, Canada. Ugh. I just... Uh, I, so, I guess we can go ahead and transition in mm-hmm. to... You know... Red Mist Boy! The NHL... Red Mist. I'm not... Uh, the NHL, of course, of course, the <laughs> Russian and the Muslim player are suspended and interrogated and discussed all up and down the TV dial of the stations that the NHL has any affiliation <laughs> with because nobody ever, nobody else will cover this backwater league. And the Canadian lays a hit. I mean, I realize Nazem Kadri is also Canadian, but he's in Muslim Canadian. So <laughs> Different. Um, so now, I mean, Nazem Kadri's hit was despicable. Yeah, as well. it was Don't misunderstand awful. me. They're not exclusively talking about that because he's a Muslim, but just like, I guess we can just transition to that. So, game two of the Bruins Maple Leaf series was a back and forth slop fest, as everyone expected, because it's Bruins Maple Leafs and they hate each other. And I think there was a dirty hit, according to that Sean Avery asshole. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, why are they talking? Who'd Kadri hit? Coil? I thought he hit DeBrusque. DeBrusque, yeah. yeah. So, DeBrusque apparently hit Marlowe at some point. Mmm. And I guess this was like the 180, but the 180 was him smashing his fiberglass stick across Jake DeBrus' forehead when he was kneeling in front of him. So, 
Steve Dangle does his every game Leafs reaction mm. videos on Facebook. They're one of or on uh, YouTube. It's one of the reasons we talk about the Leafs so much on this podcast, which we know bugs some of you, but he's a very electric personality, and we both like him. And it ends up happening. So deal with it. Um, but in his reaction, he was talking about well. And he wasn't excusing Kadri at all, but he was basically saying, when the refs don't police the game, the players start to police it themselves. And he's like, and Kadri did something. I'm trying to prevent this whiteboard from falling and having little success. (laughs) Kadri did something, and people said, well, maybe he should have just fought him instead. And he was like, yeah, because it's better for him to punch him than hit him with a stick. And I'm like, yes. Yes, it is better, because, like, faces aren't made to be punched either, but they're certainly not made to have fiberglass or carbon fiber or whatever the hell these sticks are made out of smashed across them by brute force. Kadri rightfully mm-hmm. got suspended for the rest of this series. I'm surprised that they can, I mean, that's cool, but I didn't know they could do that, just like a variable suspension, because, I mean, it could end and you know... Five games are going to end in oh, six or seven. It, so I didn't actually read, but I guess that's the point. Yeah. Mm. I didn't think because I would have thought it was a five game. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But no, I think you're right. I think you're probably right. Um, and I think in the playoffs, that's appropriate. No, yeah. I think that's Especially a totally fair thing to do. He got suspended three games last year for a dirty hit on the same team. Yeah, I mean, he had to be, he got, what, two games last year, is that what you said? He had to get, or was it three? Two or three, I can't remember. But he had to get more than that this time. Repeat offender, that's how they how they market, how they delineate who gets, or how many games you get, and I don't know. I saw some people trying to make excuses, like, oh, it was just so physical both ways. I'm like, okay, well, he got caught. It's kind of like the speeding thing. Someone's speeding in front of you, you're speeding. They catch you, and you go, oh, the guy in front of me was speeding, too. I'm like, yeah, well, you were also breaking the law, and we caught you. So I'm sure there were some other dirty hits thrown. I don't know if there were anything this dirty, but, like, you're also, your name is Nazem Kadri. Like, they know who you are. You're going to have, like, eyes on you at all times. So it is It is variable. It's a minimum oh, okay. of three games and a maximum of five. It's I'm all for variables. And it's just, yeah, it's... How these guys think they're going to get away with it. And then how Joel Thornton does. I don't know why that came out so minutes ago. <laughs> Joel Thornton. Oh, that was the does. 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 Um, just. <laughs> well, the NHL, fix your shit. Just, just fix your shit. This has not been an uplifting podcast. <laughs> but just fix your shit. Just do it. Um. We have one more thing we want to discuss. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much discussion is going to happen. Well, you'll have to stop me. One more thing you'd like to teach me about: mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. I'm led to believe <laughs> came back last night. <laughs> is it Game of Thrones? Did I pronounce that right? Uh, is that correct? I am a total Game of Thrones novice. I look forward to it in two years when you text me nonstop about like every episode oh, you've that watched. Very possibly. <laughs> happen. Uh, but I'm led to believe it's a significant cultural event. Mm-hmm. There were dragons. I know that much. Mm-hmm. There was a how to train your dragon scene between um, 
an uncle between an aunt mama situation or whatever. Mm, uncle daddy. <laughs> but it's not an uncle daddy. It's an oh, aunt no, mommy. it's aunt mama. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. You tell me. You tell the people. Oh, uh, if you're a Game of Thrones fans and you don't want any spoilers, we've already spoiled two things, but this is the time to tune out. We'll talk to you after tomorrow's game, either tomorrow or Wednesday. Probably tomorrow, but we haven't totally decided. <laughs> But tell us about Game of Thrones, Ian. Tell the people they're clamoring to hear your takes. Oh, and I will sit here and say Harry Potter words. I don't I don't even know what to say. I don't I don't have that much to say. It's a oh. great it's a great show. It's a great great episode. Uh you know, I got some complaints though. <laughs> Thank you. As per usual. I feel like I sprung this on you last minute. No, I never read any of the books because uh as some of you might know I'm illiterate, but they, they've done five books now in this series, and they have two more. You're you're illiterate, joke. joke <laughs> I'm illiterate, and you're slow. It's we're a great podcast <laughs> team. Um, yeah, there's five books out. There's supposed to be seven. There's supposed to be a sixth book out for like the last like six years, seven years, something like that. So the series has run out of books. And so now they're just kind of winging it. And I think George R. R. Martin told them, the showrunners, what was going to happen and whether or not they're actually doing what he's going to do. I think there was some thought or theory that there's going to be some differentiation between the two because there's already some in the series. But anyways, uh, because they don't have books anymore to go off of and they're writing their own scripts, things are kind of fast. Things are kind of fast and loose now. And you could say maybe it's because the series is coming to an end and they got to kind of get to things pretty quick. That's funny because I heard that this episode built really slow. To this start. episode did, yeah. Okay. So let me give you some groundwork. People are snoozing. Groundwork uh, for Stephen Ground. Yeah. It's oh. fun like that that keeps <laughs> oh, Very They're good. They're all cheering in the streets. Very good, you and me. <laughs> so real quick interruption apropos yeah. nothing. I have this conference call, snooze, every Monday at 11 o'clock, and I always call in first, and every single time, Careless Whisper is playing, and it's the best! It's just sax, just bam, in your face, and... What does this have to do with anything? I don't know. I was something triggered it, but I was just telling the people, Careless Whisper is an awesome song. Please tell us more. Oh, I don't know. It's over. No, no, no. Watch Game of Thrones. Lay the groundwork. Lay the groundwork. I've lost my train of thought. Oh, it's no. gone. Oh, I don't no. know. Get it back. You had to lay the groundwork for why this was building so slow. Oh, no. The series used to build slow. I brought it back, everybody. Because they had books to go off of. And in every episode, it felt like you were traveling with different people and whatnot, and it moved at a regular pace. But now, because everyone's together and they got to get shit done. Things just happen. And then they're like, like expecto, Patrona. Mm-hmm. You ever played Skyrim? You know how you got to walk around places and it takes forever, but that's also part of the journey. Part of the journey is the journey. Well, now it's the end and you've discovered everything and you can fast travel places. So that's pretty much it. They're like in King's Landing, <laughs> which is in the south. And they're like, we got to get to Winterfell. And they're like, next scene, we're there. And that's fine. I totally get it. But it does make it feel like a different show. It used to be kind of a meandering show where it kind of got to the cool parts as they happened. And now everything's like, cool part, cool part, cool part. And now they're fast because folks are after them and they got to keep... Yeah, yeah, there's undead people coming. you got to watch out for that. Not good. 
There's a, like a screaming kid on fire much, at the but end. I know enough to know that undead equals bad. Yeah, there was like a kid that was like a zombie, but he was dead, and he was like in a spiral of limbs. Mm. That sound cool? And then he woke up and he screamed, and they stabbed him with a fire sword, and he was on fire, and everything was on fire, and it ended that way, and it was very cool. That's awesome. I love this show. I can't wait. I love this. I love this show. <laughs> it. I like it. There, I've got I've got little qualms with it, but I think everybody does. It's sort of turned into here's my biggest qualm. People used to qualm die. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> People used to die all the time. Like your favorite character, like here he comes, yada yada. Oh no, a bear trap on his head, and they just die. But now everyone's favorite characters just live all the time because it's fan servicey. There, I've washed my hands of it. Great show. Watch it. Every time I watch an episode, it's a great episode. Then when it's done, I go, wow, what a shitty episode for the last two seasons. I'll do that again this season, happily. Mm, excellent. That was your five-minute Game of Thrones rewind with mm-hmm. Ian Peters. We got a Game of Thrones tomorrow. It's a song of ice, and the blues better be straight fire. Mm-hmm. But they won't be. Predictions. What's the final score? I'm saying... Fortitude Blues. Wow, man, this is unprecedented, folks. He is uh, just a huge fucking downer. <laughs> so I gotta tell you, Fortitude from Steven is like a godsend. That was your one lucky charm. Um, Say what's in your heart. Don't try and sugarcoat it. Five three Blues Blues, empty netter. Empty feet and God no rhythm. You're welcome. And it's not empty feet. It's, I don't know, desperate feet or something. <laughs> desperate feet? <laughs> I've forgotten the words. It was all the way in this morning. You said five to three empty net goal seals it for the Jets? Yeah. Yuck. Yuck. And people, and people come out and say, man, Blues played a better game, That'll though. That'll be a more fun but also a more devastating episode if it happens that way. I'd like to see the Blues not flub everything. So here's hoping for that. You have anything else to add? Um, Avengers Endgame comes out not this Friday, but the next Friday. So yeah. when we lose Game 7, you only got to wait three or four days for like something fun to happen. And then we'll friggin' review that on this podcast. Yeah, we'll have nothing else to do. Nope, nope. Before. Good timing, Marvel. That now owns everything. No, positivity. We can do it. Disney, three, one, three, Disney, one. Bam, Disney bam, plus, bam. Baby. Bam, bam. Blues victory. Bam, bam. Boom, Excellent. bam. Pop, he's punching, pop, he's pop, kicking. Pop, pop. We're cutting Do the power play dance. Off. Do the power play dance. <laughs> Fade out. Fade out. <laughs> We're fading out, folks. <laughs> Have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Horn noise.